This is the Shanice Lewis Show, the number one podcast for plus-size women. With your host, the queen of curvy conversation, Shanice Lewis. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Shanice Lewis. Today is Monday, January 14th, 2019. Make sure you're following the show's social media pages on Facebook at The Shanice Lewis Show and on Instagram and Twitter at Shanice Show. You can also subscribe and listen to the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcasting app. Today, we have a very special guest on the show, John Quell. Norwood, and I'll introduce you to her right after this commercial break. It's 2019, and it is your year. Join me, Kimberly Walker, the founder of Curves Beefly Empowered, for an inspirational event, Curves Beefly Empowered Experience 4, in Seattle, Washington, January 19th and 20th, 2019. Prepare yourself for dynamic speakers, like our inspirational keynote speaker, Marie Denae, the curvy fashionista, and watch our curvy ladies slay the runway. So, go www.kimberlyjwalker.com for more information, and I hope to see you there. Again, that's www.kimberlyjwalker.com. Happy New Year. So our guest today is Jonquil Norwood. She is an artist, textile designer, and body positive influencer from New Orleans, Louisiana. Her mission is to spread the word of body positivity and confidence through her art. She is best known for her plus-size recreations of the Disney princesses, which have appeared in Cosmopolitan, Huffington Post, Bustle, Yahoo Style, BET.com, and other media outlets. Joan Quell has worked with brands such as Full Figure Fashion Week, Ashley Stewart, Rue 107, The Curvy Con, Lane Bryant, and Via and Co. She is hosting the Curvy Art Plus Fashion Experience featuring Courtney Noel, February 9th in New York City, and we're excited to have her on the show. Let's welcome John Quell to the show. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you so much for having me. Now, am I pronouncing your name correctly? Yes, it's John Quell. Perfect. So you were born and raised right outside of New Orleans in Morrell Row. And I'm Mm -hmm. so excited to talk to you because I never get to interview people from Louisiana because there's not that many people there doing plus work in the plus community that's getting recognized on a national level. So first of all, I'm proud of you being a homegirl from Louisiana. I'm excited that you're doing this amazing work. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, a lot of us don't do uh, things in fashion down there, and many of us don't actually leave Louisiana. We kind of love our right. home. <laughs> right. <laughs> so when did you first realize you were talented as an artist? Um, I, re- I realized it very young, or I should I say the adults in my life realized it um, at a very young age. Um, I was five years old when I won my first art contest. Um, I created this illustration called Fashion Girls, um, where all of my classmates were drawing stick figures. I kind of knew that, you know, these girls need skin and clothing. 
Um, so my girls were fly. They had hair. They had makeup. They had, you know, earrings. And I won the statewide contest to for that. Wow. So you knew from a young age that art mm-hmm. was something that you were interested in. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, during your childhood, you didn't grow up confident because I hear you were heavily bullied from a child through the college years. Now tell me about that experience and how it affected you. Um, yes. Yeah, so I was, I would think I was like the biggest girl in my neighborhood. Um, and not only was I bullied, but, the, you know, the neighborhood children gave me, like, nicknames. My siblings, too. My siblings like to play the dozen. Um, so I was called everything from Biggie Smalls um, to Fat Quality. That's what they used to call me in the neighborhood. Um, if I was walking down the street, the boys would yell earthquake and drop to the ground. Um, now, these were, were other talk. black kids? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I don't know if I was just like the little sub target. Um, I think, you know, one time I fell asleep and they opened the windows to, uh, to my room, climbed in, and turned the TV on to the exercise channel. So, wow. So they were and you know, horrible. The reason why I was so shocked because, you know, we're from the South where everybody is big because at one point, mm-hmm. New Orleans was like the number one fattest city in America. So I would assume. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of people in the neighborhood or in your family that looked just like you. Yeah, there were. I mean, you know, of course, there are a lot of um, maybe older women who were um, plus size. And even, you know, the well-meaning aunties will come up to you and say, oh, you have to reduce. You know, okay. or, you know, if you want to get a man, you have to lose weight. So I heard that right. from um, adults all the way down to the children. So it created like this toxic relationship that I had with my body. Did it pull you into a depression almost? Uh, yes. Um, I went through a deep phase of depression. I even went through a phase of depression so deep that I stopped drawing for a full year um, when I was in college because I was just, I did not see a future for myself. And I got to the point to where I was very good at making myself invisible. Like I could go into a room, find the nearest wall, and stay there. I didn't want to speak to people. I didn't really want to dress nice. At that point, I didn't know where to go to even dress nice. I didn't even know plus-size fashion existed. I think we had Avenue and maybe Elaine Bryant in our like in the West Bank at mm-hmm. that time, um, you know, the West Bank in Louisiana at um, that time. So there was really no place to go and get, like, nice clothing for a girl who was in, like, her teens and didn't right. really understand her body. So I depressed, um, anxiety. You know, if somebody tried to talk to me, I may stutter. So, you know, I had such a low self-esteem for myself and don't even talk about trying to get me to take a photo. Right. So I was going to ask you, did that affect your art where you were like drawing dark things and like clouds and, you know, but you just stopped, period. Yes, I stopped the period when I was um, in college. I did go to college and um, study art, even though um, my parents, even though they supported me in art, they didn't think I was actually going to make that my, my career. Um, but I did stop at some point during um, when I was in college. It wasn't just because of the bullying. It was also because, you know, I, was, I taught myself how to paint when I was in high school. But when I went mm-hmm. to college, you know, sometimes your professors may be like, okay, you're doing it wrong, do it this way. So the combination of how I was feeling just caused me to stop. 
But the artwork that I created was never dark. Um, I had a huge influence of, like, Disney in my life. My father made sure that growing up, he and I would sit down and we would watch all the cartoons together. And so those would actually show up in my artwork. So my artwork was always colorful, always happy. Heck, I'm in Louisiana. I'm surrounded by Mardi Gras, so there's always color. Right, Nothing, right. Know, really dark. Um, but so you just mentioned you were a lot of dark thoughts. <laughs> you were um, surrounded by Disney imagery, and so you actually interned at Walt Disney World in their college program. So how did you even get the guts to apply for that and think that you could, you know, move forward with it? Well, I was at college. This is when I I went to a um a community college called Delgado. Oh yeah. Um, in Louisiana. Um and I remember seeing the flyer that Disney was going to be coming there to like select people for, you know, their college program and I I saw it and I was like, "Nah, that's not for me. I can't do that." Um and my husband at the time, my husband, he's we're still married. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> um he saw the flyer too. He's like, "Jim Quell, you should do this." And I was like, "No, I'm not doing it." Um, and a friend of mine said, okay, we'll both do it together. I'll fill out, the in, you know, the information, and you fill out yours, and we'll both hit the submit button together. So we did that, and we were like, on three, we're going to hit, and I hit submit, and she never did. She was, she was, oh. It was just a trick to get you, just a trick to get me to apply. And so they called me, and I was so nervous over the phone during the interview that I even missed some of the questions, and I was like, it's over. They're never going to choose me. They chose me. Once I came home and opened the mailbox, and there was a, a Mickey Mouse was right there on an a, a envelope, and I knew it was from them, and they chose me to come out there. Uh, funny thing was a lot of my family and support system, was they were against it. Um, oh, I'm sure they they wanted you to be a teacher or work at the plant or – Something yeah, that yeah, they wanted stable. me to be. Um, you're, you're exactly right. I think you know the Louisiana plan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, they were, you know, go and get, you know, the 18 month nursing classes. You know, mm-hmm. convince your husband to go and work offshore, and y'all can have right. a nice life set up for you. Why would you want to leave? Because at this point, to do the internship, I had to leave everybody for six months and go move and live on Disney property in Florida alone. And nobody in my family, aside from maybe when we had to leave for Katrina, had really mm-hmm. left Louisiana and definitely didn't stay away. You know, mm-hmm. so I would be the first of my mother's children to be leaving and going. And to how the old were land. you? I was 22. Oh, Okay. I wasn't, I wasn't young, but it was just a, such a shock for them. Right, And they were right. like, why would you want to go? It's so different. It was so radical. Nobody had ever done anything like this before. And so once you got to Disney, because you did decide to go, once mm-hmm. you got there and went through the program, that's when you was like, I can do this professionally. Absolutely. I think that was my first time well, for one, being out of Louisiana and meeting people from outside of the state. I was meeting people from New York, you know, meeting people from all different parts of the world. My best friend that I made there was from Japan. Um, and wow. to this day, we're, we're still good friends. Like, Disney had people from all over the world in this one area all working on the property. And so it just opened my mind. I was like, there is a world bigger than New Orleans. 
Right. You know, <laughs> you know, but I, a lot of people, people never think, leave to see it. They never leave. People think different. They talk different. It was my first time also being confronted with strong female characters, you know, strong female women who were, you know, going toe-to-toe with men and saying, well, I'm not, I don't need to get married. I don't need to have children. I'm a businesswoman. I never met that type of woman before. <laughs> right, know? right. Um, and, you know, women who were encouraging other women to see how far they could go, like push yourself. Why would you just go home and settle? Don't stop. That was the first right. time I ever experienced that. So you are deciding to pursue your career professionally now, and then mm-hmm. by chance you have a meeting that uh, I guess accidentally introduced you to the plus size community in 2014. Mm-hmm. Now tell me about this meeting and who introduced you to the community. Yeah, so um, after I returned for Disney, I was in Louisiana maybe like six months. I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I have to go see what else is out there. So I applied to one of the top art schools in the South, Savannah College of Art and Design in Atlanta, and I got in. So I had to pack up everything and move to Atlanta, and I'm, you know, in Atlanta, you know, just living my life quietly, this same shy girl, still doing my art, but like I said, I'm still doing a lot of art that's related to animation and things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't, I I think that I just had recently downloaded Instagram, um, Mm -hmm. and I came across this woman and her um, her handle was ready to stare. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, uh, and I actually, I fell in love with her stuff because at the time she was a designer and she was selling like these chain belts, things like that. I didn't know she was based in Atlanta, didn't actually think I would meet this woman. But this was the first time that I had seen a woman that size with that much confidence. I think the first photo I saw, she was in a swimsuit. And I was like, doesn't she know she's not allowed to do that? <laughs> That's my exact <laughs> thought. <laughs> Nobody taught her the rules. She's wearing stripes. That's not a good thing, you know. Um, right. And I happened to have an art show one day because I've done over 30 art shows. And there was this young woman, and she had dinosaur earrings on her ears. And mm-hmm. I, like, made a beeline to her. And I was like, where did you get this ear- these earrings? Oh, well, there's this person on Instagram called Ready to Stare. Her name's Elite. And she lives here in Atlanta. And she's like, do you want to meet her? I was like, yes, I want to meet her. Um, So I ended up meeting Elise. um, And I met Elise and I met another designer um, by the name of Shay. She was originally from New York. Her her brand was called Geek Junkie. And I met them Mm -hmm. both at the same time. And they were putting out um, a line of plus-size crop tops. And the first time, when Elise first met me, she was like, I want to put you one of my crop tops. I was like, show my stomach. Never. What are you talking about? (laughs) Never. (laughs) And she was like, it's fine. It's just flesh. You can wear a crop top. And that's where it all started. And she introduced me to, like, the plus size movement on, like, social media. Nice. So things could just kind of happen like they were supposed to be because you weren't actively seeking to join the community or anything. It was just like it was meant to be. Yeah, not at all. So once you learn about the community, people say, you know, to get active in the community is to go to events, to network, meet people, be social. But that's something that's hard for you to do. Now tell us why, why is that? I'm just 
I'm just an awkward person. I think it's just like residue from years of like believing that um, my life would start once I lost weight. You know that I find um, through talking to people, they they a lot of people feel that way. It was like, okay, when I lose weight, I'm going to travel more. When I lose weight, I'm going to wear that dress. And then months would go by, and years would go by, and I'm still fat. So like, I need to start living, you know, my life. I need to put on the dress. I need to travel and everything. But I'm still, to this day, you know, very, very shy. I think the first time I had a phone conversation with Gwen DeVoe, um, mm-hmm. I, my mind blinked and I couldn't even speak. So Gwen was kind enough to fill in the blanks for me, but I was just on that phone like, oh, my God, and I can't think of anything. Um the first time I met um, Tamara um, from Ashley Stewart, I stuttered. Couldn't even say my name. And so. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I'm laughing, name. but it's something serious because it actually gives you panic attacks. So it's not just joke. Yeah, say my name. And to this day, a lot of my friends that I have now, so I said, the first time I met you, you wouldn't even talk to me. I thought you were stuck up. I said, stuck up, girl, I couldn't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't breathe. And so I still remember the the first time um, I went to an event after moving to New York and I tried to network. I came home and buried myself under blankets. So it's like I never want to leave again. Um, it, was an emo- it, it was emotionally draining. Uh, but what I make myself do is that I have to keep pushing myself. I have to make myself go to the events, and I have to make myself, okay, you're going to go over there and talk to that person. I don't care if you have an awkward silence. It's going to happen. And, yeah, I still have awkward moments where I can't speak, but I make myself do it. And I think after a while, people just kind of just take pity on me. And they're like, okay, <laughs> well, she's you know okay. What? When, she's when I first met you, <laughs> I, you didn't seem weird or awkward to me. Now, we didn't get to have a long conversation because we were both working, but – you mm-hmm. seem fine to me, so I guess you can cover it well. Yeah, I mean, if I'm in an environment where you see me drawing, that's my mm-hmm. comfort. Okay, so you're oh, not okay. going to see the drawing. awkward side of me. If there's a a pencil in my hand, I can talk. Take that pencil Got out it. of my hand, <laughs> and it I'm like, old. uh, hi. <laughs> so okay, so you eventually, I guess, you quit your job in Atlanta. And you moved mm-hmm. to New York with your husband because he was mm-hmm. offered a promotion. Now, first yeah. of all, before we even talk about your move, how did you get a husband and you didn't talk to anybody and you didn't <laughs> dress? So I need to know, what did you do? Um, I met my um husband. My husband and I got married at a very, very young age. We've been married for 13 years now. Um, and mm-hmm. he was also shy. So okay. I met him maybe two months before Hurricane Katrina happened, and mm-hmm. when it was time to evacuate, he got separated from his family mm-hmm. and lost all contact with them. So my mom was like, come with us. And so we thought we were only going to be gone for, you know, just a few days, because that's usually what happens with hurricanes, you know, it's just a few days right. and you go back home. He got stranded with my family, including all of my older brothers, um, for two months. And were you dating well, then, or y'all were just friends yeah, we then? Were, yeah, we were, we were dating the whole time. You we were dating, and it was like he passed like this gauntlet, <laughs> this extreme gauntlet of being with my family and not being with his for like two months straight. Um, and then after when uh, we were finally allowed to come back home, 
my brothers was like, you might as well just marry him. And my grandmother was like, you might just marry that boy. <laughs> and so we were married like a year later. Um, and we're still together, still happy. Um, and he is like my main person and will not let me quit. The main person who refuses to let me quit. Like I said, he was the one who made me do Disney World. Even Nice. If, yeah, and I had to be separated from him for six months. So he would drive from Louisiana to Florida to visit me and then have to drive back home to make it back to work because he didn't take off work. Nice. Well, he's a keeper. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So after you moved to New York, and you got to really experience the PUS community firsthand because mm-hmm. it's way more activities and things to do in the bigger cities. So mm-hmm. tell us, what did you see? What did you experience that made you just change your brand? And you were like, I'm doing all plus size illustrations now. It's, this is it. New York. Oh, my God. When I first got here, I got here in the dead of winter, first of all. Never experienced winter before. <laughs> um, so the first few months I spent pretty much locked in the house and feeling kind of depressed because I was like, you know, I was like, why did I give up that job in, Louisiana, in, in Atlanta where I was working for a very, very nice design firm? Why did I come up here? Uh, but I think everything happened for a reason. Um, so – Instagram. Actually, let me tell you how I actually created the very first body positive illustration ever. So I was on um, a bus standing, and a woman was like, do you want to sit? And I thought it was odd that she was offering me her seat, but I said, okay, I sat down. And she, when I sat down, and she was like, well, um, how many, you know, how many months are you? I was like, excuse me? <laughs> and oh, I realized she, no. I thought I was, she thought I was pregnant. Um and I said, I said, oh, I'm, oh, I'm like four months. I lied. I wasn't getting up that seat at that point. Um, we here now. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I was so upset about it, and I was going back into my my space of being toxic um, about my shape again. And I decided to draw draw it out. So I drew like this beautiful woman who was shaped like me, um, mm-hmm. and I felt different. I didn't feel like I was caught up in this negative space anymore once I did that. And so my husband was like, I think you just need to just try doing that. So I did another one, and I, and I colored them, and I put that one on Instagram. And before, I may have at the most gotten 50 likes on a post. This mm-hmm. one just, I, you know, in an hour, it was like 400 likes and then all these comments I had never gotten before. Women were like, oh, my gosh, she looks like me. She looks like me. And I was like, oh, so, you know, people kind of like this. But I didn't do any more. I just went back to what I usually would draw. And then on surfing through Instagram, I found um, Essie Golden um, was having, like, a pool party. And I was like, I've never been to a pool party. I've always been embarrassed about wearing a swimsuit or I would wear a swimsuit with a cover-up. So I was like, I'm going to try this pool party. And so, you know, I got my swimsuit and everything. And when I walked through the doors, I don't think I will ever forget it. All I saw was thighs and stomachs and <laughs> arms and breasts. And it was like these beautiful plus-size women, women who look like me. First of all, I had never been in a room with that many other girls who were my size. Mm-hmm. So it was a confidence only... boost for you. Right. And I'm using the fat girl in the in the group of friends, you know. 
Right. And so they were wearing bikinis. They, you know, they had thighs out. They had bundles on, high heels. High heels at the poolside, you know. <laughs> um, and so, and they were just so happy and so full of life. And there was just one particular girl who was just dancing. She was just dancing her herself off. And I was like, I want to draw her. I want to capture this. And it turned out to be um, Shay Tucker from A Thick Girl's Closet. So I hmm. like so, yeah, I selected five women. I had never known any of them before, didn't know who they were. Um, and I just went home and I just drew them. And through social media, through looking them up, I found out who each one of them were and I tagged them in it. And they were like, Oh my god, you know. So that's how I started. I did my very first collection of plus size one. I believe it was Shay Tucker. I did Essie herself. I did mm-hmm. um, a model, one of the Rue 107 models. I did Monisi. I didn't even know who Monisi was. <laughs> I just knew her. <laughs> um, and I, I did, oh, Miss Posh, who was also at the party. I did her as well. Um, and that was my first plus size collection. And then the, when I was at the party, I met um, a group of girls who I'd walked in with because I had gotten lost in the city. I still do. Um, and mm-hmm. they were like, well, if you like this, you would like Full Figure Fashion Week. And I was like, what's that? So I went home, looked online, mm-hmm. and all of the shows were sold out for Full Figure Fashion Week. All, everything was sold out except for one, and that was the town hall. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. I go, I find my best fashionable outfits in quotation marks. At this time, I ain't have really that many outfits. <laughs> um, and I go to the event. And, you know, again, this is another thing. I'm walking in, and here's all of these fabulous, like, amazing women who look like me. And I'm like, if they could dress this nice, so can I. Um, and I sit down for the town hall, and one of the people speaking um, – was Maddie, and Maddie gave this speech that had me crying. Um, and then Gwen turned the questions to the audience, and Marie Denae stood up. And Marie turned and asked everybody, what can each of us do in the plus-size community, community to help move, push the movement forward? Mm-hmm. And I said, and, and my, my, a light bulb went on my head, and I was like, I could draw? Right. <laughs> I can draw. And so, you know, after they wrapped up the talk, I made it a point to, like, go around and talk to people. And one of the first people I talked to was um, Maddie, and I introduced myself to her as a plus-size fashion illustrator. Nice. That was the first time I ever said it. And so the rest is history because Mm -hmm. now (laughs) it's like you are – the leader in this area because there's a lot of artists that draw plus size women, but they're not working with brands and doing events. So you're like leading in this market right now for plus size illustration. So that's amazing. So <laughs> let's you. talk about your event that's coming up because this is kind of full circle because just the way you attended others events and was ex- inspired, somebody's going to mm-hmm. attend your event and be inspired. Isn't that amazing how life works? (laughs) Yeah. So your first event was in 2017, and did you do it annually, or did y'all not do one last year? Um, 
So the first one, it was just like a, a bit of a fluke. We didn't really plan it a lot. We were just like, we're going to do this. And Courtney was like, yeah, we're going to do this. And we just did it. <laughs> um, and, you know, people showed up, and they really enjoyed it. So we were like, okay, we'll bring it back next year. And then, uh, you know, 2018 came and did its thing. <laughs> and so we actually decided to push it back. Um, and it was through a suggestion from a friend. They said, well, if you're going to push it back, you might as well just push it back to Fashion Week in February, you know, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, throughout the year in New York, there's a lot of fashion events happening. It was like, well, you can't have it this month because this event is going on. And you can't have it right. this month because this event is going on. And I was like, well, when can we have it? And it was like, well, just <laughs> nothing's going on in February, and that's Fashion Week. Like, go for it, you know. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to Fashion Week. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> You know, so the event is called the Curvy Art Plus Fashion Experience, and mm-hmm. tell me about tell me about what what the event encompasses. Okay, so the event is about bringing um, fashion and art together. So if you look at the world of straight size fashion, um, fashion illustration plays a huge part in that world. As a matter of fact, the very the first. Uh, covers of Vogue were all fashion illustration before photographs came in. So they mm-hmm. have a deep history with art on the straight on the straight size market. Um and you you know, you can go to any department store today and find that, you know, around Christmas or something, they have partnered with an artist to do like special edition packaging, to kind of do live drawings. It's just something that goes hand in hand with them. We don't really have that um, in the plus size world. So I really was an advocate for one thing is to um, say, you know, we need to bring art over here as well. Another thing that I wanted to do is I wanted to remind women, because this is something I suffered with, was that in this moment, as you're living and breathing in this moment, you are a masterpiece. Tomorrow may not come. We don't know what's going to happen from second to second. Love yourself and understand that you are great in this moment. And if you can't do that, I'm going to remind you through art. So mm-hmm. the idea was that the art comes to life. What I do is I will go through and I will pick out models. You know, we'll pick out models and Coco will dress the models. And I will do a illustration of that model her hair, everything, an exact portrait of her in that dress. So when she comes and walks on the runway, it's identical, almost like she stepped off the paper. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so, and so um, that was hmm? – You have a model call coming up, or did it pass? I had a model call. Um, I had a, I did a model call. I put out the post on Saturday to get um, – see, well, for one, to see if I was going to have any interest – um, two, to see how many people would email in. Um, I think last year when we did the model call, we only had like maybe a few people showed up, maybe 20. This time I had over 200 emails hit me in one night. Wow. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to have to do this differently. <laughs> uh, I was not expecting the sheer amount of interest. Um, the post got shared um, and reposted and tagged so many times in one night. I woke up to 600 new followers. Wow. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was uh, my phone has been buzzing like crazy. And so, yes, I am going to actually hold the casting, um, a, a physical casting 
um, to actually have people come in. Because at first I was just going to look over pictures and things, but now with, with almost 200 emails, I was like, let's just hold the physical casting, and whoever comes will pick from that. Um, so that's what we're looking into right now, because as we speak, um, my email is full. So do you have the date and location for that, or that's to be announced for the casting? Um, to be announced. I know the date. The date is going to be the 26th. The um, location okay. is to be announced. Now, for the event, are tickets still available, or is it close to being sold out? No, we have tickets available. Um, they're on Eventbrite. Um, it, no, we're not um, sold out yet, but we are getting there um, on our VIP Um that's for sure. And I know that everybody's excited about the VIP because I'm actually going to be doing a coloring book this year that's going to be in the VIP bags. People have been DMing me for a coloring book forever. I'm giving it to them. So all the VIP people are going to be getting one. Nice. So what is the ultimate goal for your career and your brands? What would be the, the ultimate thing for a plus-size illustrator? See, that's just a thing. Um, it's evolving because that particular title did not exist. So, mm-hmm. I'm so you're creating it. Mm-hmm. I'm creating mm-hmm. it as I go. Um, I Googled it. There's only a few of us out there. And like you said, I'm one of the only ones that's working with actual brands. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it's something that um, – I am creating. So even when I approach brands and approach people and I say I'm a plus-size fashion illustrator, they look at me like that. that's a thing. I was like, yeah, it's a thing now. Um, but as far as, like, my ultimate dream goals, I would love to become, you know, an internationally known artist um, and travel and show my work across, you know, across the globe. Um, and I would also love to, you know, talk on panels and encourage people, you know, to follow their dreams and not to give up. And I, one dream that I have is now that they have the doll, I really want to work with Mattel and design clothing and things for one of their plus size dolls. <laughs> nice. To do that. that is one of my goals. And of course, to return to Disney and help illustrate, you know, a plus size princess. Right. Well, you definitely can do it, Carol, because you're on the ball. So do you, have, <laughs> we going? do you have anything else happening that we can be on the lookout for? I know you have the event coming up. You just said a coloring book coming out. Anything mm-hmm. else that you're collaborating with other people with for 2019? No, not yet. The main thing is getting the um, the event done. And then once that is um, out the place, you know, I'll have different projects that, you know, coming out. Um but nothing that I could speak on right now. But, yeah, 2019 is going to be an amazing year. So do you ever come back home to New Orleans? Because if so, we got to meet up or something. Oh, yeah. Actually, I come back a lot. I try to come back, um, you know, every um, three months I try to go back. And my mom is like, you've been gone too long. <laughs> so I always right. try to come back. <laughs> Luckily for me, Courier um, doesn't fall um, on Mardi Gras. So I may mm-hmm. be popping in for that um, after this event is over because, um, you know, I always got to come down for that. But, right. Yeah, I, I I would definitely let you know when I am coming. <laughs> yeah, let me know. I love to do something with you. I don't know what, but since we're both from Louisiana, <laughs> we got to do something. Right. <laughs> well, um, tell us your official website and social media pages. 
My official website is com, and my Instagram is art and my Facebook is art And basically everything is my first name, Junquell. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. You did very good. You didn't sound nervous at all. Were you nervous? <laughs> my pleasure. Um, yes. I was, but it's okay. I feel like I'm talking to family. <laughs> yes, you did good, girl. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and continue success with everything you got going on. Thank you. All right, and we'll be in touch. All right. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs> and thank you to my fabulous guest this evening, John Quell Norwood. Make sure you check out her art, beautiful plus-size illustrations. I've been your host this evening, Shanice Lewis. Thank you for tuning in and supporting. Until next time, keep thriving in your curves and be blessed. You've been listening to The Shanice Lewis Show. For more info about the show, visit ShaniceLewisShow.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.